0: Looking for the coolest 3D-printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.nc.com and use promo code run that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm AJ, he's Carson. Uh, Carson, we have... This might be our best, um, this might be our best sort of lead story of the season that we have for the folks on today's episode.
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to begin uh, this episode in the intro by giving a PSA to Yankees fans. You guys may (laughs) want to cover your ears on this one because it's going to get real hateful real quick.
0: Yeah, um, I would, I would add to that by saying, because I know, I mean, yes, we, you know, I'm, I'm the first one to rag on the Yankees and rag on Yankees fans. But believe it or not, some of you may not know this, there are some Yankees fans who uh, are are real baseball fans who don't put up with this kind of, these kind of shenanigans. But, um, before we talk about the Yankees and the Blue Jays, let's talk about our, our trivia question. Um, this was this was a doozy. We actually, I was uh, surprised as many of you got this right as did, but I guess that just proves that, you know, how smart you all are. Um, so the trivia question this time out, Carson, was who's the only pitcher In Major League history, to record both 200 wins and 150 saves, uh, the choices were John Smoltz, Dennis Eckersley, Mariano Rivera, and Trevor Hoffman.
1: Well, I do believe I know the answer to this one. I believe it to be the the one and only, uh, the guy who lost to the Minnesota Twins in the World Series, John Smoltz.
0: Yes, you. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Yes, you are correct. It is John Smoltz. Um, so Sonia in Florida, Anna in Washington, Clarence in South Carolina, Ben in Nevada, and Mara in Illinois. Congratulations for getting this one right. Um, your uh $25 printed dudes gift cards are winging their way to you as we speak. Um, yeah, this was this was a tricky one. I, I, my first guess was Dennis Eckersley but um it's Carson it sounds like you knew this one you know right off the bat so to speak
1: yeah i had you know i was kind of i was kind of looking looking at the list and um you know granted i verified my thoughts afterwards but a, a me- almost immediately i kind of looked at it and was like you know a lot of these guys were dominant closers, but I feel like Smoltz yeah. was the most likely to have that many wins.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, Smoltz was a starter for so many years. Eckersley also a starter, but um, yeah. So congrats to all the winners. Um, we'll have a new trivia question up for you guys ahead of our next episode on Monday. Um, and again you know we kind of keep saying it if you didn't if you got it right and didn't win this time keep trying um you know don't don't give up um because we're gonna be we're gonna be doing these things for a while you know the foreseeable future anyways so um all right not to you know sort of dismiss the trivia question because you know you guys have really enjoyed it and it's been a lot of fun doing it uh, but Carson we have we have some things to talk about um, some things that occur during this series between the Yankees and the blue Jays um, first and and maybe first and maybe foremost I guess um, the blue Jays broadcasters so in case anyone hasn't didn't see the game or hasn't seen the clip go check it out on YouTube. Um, Carson, the Blue Jays broadcasters noticed while Aaron Judge was at the plate, he, I mean, there's no other way to say it. He definitely looked over to the Yankees dugout, but right before hitting a home run. I mean, it's not even, this, this wasn't even like, oh, well, he kind of, no, he looked directly in the direction of the Yankees dugout. And the Blue Jays broadcasters called him out on it. Um, I mean, Aaron Judge and the Yankees can't possibly, right? Tell me if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong here, but they can't possibly be so stupid as to be stealing signs after what happened with the Astros.
1: Yeah, I don't, I'm still, I mean, you know, if If looks could kill that entire Yankees dugout would no doubt be dead. Um, mm. but I don't I still don't know for for me, honestly, this is there isn't enough evidence here for there to be any sort of sign stealing kind of thing. Um now, obviously, we'll get into it a little bit later, but um Jay Jackson, the Blue Jays reliever. Um, openly kind of admitted, he's like, yeah, I probably tipped him my pitches. Um, but I, I don't know. I think that might be going a little bit too far with just an eye glance. I'm going to need to see a little bit more in terms of what was going on in the dugout. Were there some sort of signals that he was, that he could have been looking at? Um, I, I need a little bit more than just kind of a glance off to the side.
0: Yeah. I'm with you about the needing more evidence thing. But let's be honest. This is not this is not a good look for Aaron Judge of the Yankees. Not a good look.
1: No, no doubt. And I mean, you know, it's very it's very possible that, you know, the the Now granted, I'm basing all of this also off of a facial expression as we all as we mm. all are in this particular clip, but almost the face he gives when he looks almost looks like, Ooh, I know what he's pitching because he's tipping. Uh, yeah. Not, not like a, yeah. Ooh, let me, let me look over to the dugout here and yeah. see what kind of, what kind of signs are going on. Like, like Jackson openly admitted that he was, he was tipping. tipping. His
0: pitches. Yeah, that's true. I actually, I, I hadn't thought of that. Um, Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Now I don't, I don't think as much as I would love to, you know, as much enjoyment as I get out of dragging the Yankees through the mud, which well, we're gonna do that in a second. Um no, I, I don't think there's anything janky about, you know, I mean if 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 other, you know, if other players, you know, if the if other players in the Yankees lineup had done the same thing and then, you know, then yeah, maybe. Um and like you said, especially with Jane Jackson basically being like, yeah. I screwed up. I was tipping my pitches. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything to this, you know. Any theory about Aaron Judge and the Yankees stealing signs? I don't think holds any water. Uh, however, Domingo Herman Carson is a different story. Yes, the same Domingo Herman who was involved in the. Sticky situation with your Minnesota Twins not long ago, who basically, uh, in which he basically got away with, you know, he got away with staying in the game be- even after being caught having something sticky on his hands. The umpires, you know, told him, Oh, just go wash your hands. Uh, but this time, this time, Carson, uh, in fact, One of the umpires was quoted as saying, Domingo Herman's hand was the stickiest hand I've ever felt. Um, And he was tossed from the game. He was fined an undisclosed amount. And most importantly, suspended 10 games.
1: Oh, I have many, many thoughts when I saw this news. Um, but but the two the two thoughts that were sticking out in my mind as a Twins fan, I feel vindicated, and mm. I am absolutely outraged at that umpiring crew again, mm. because I feel vindicated number one because clearly something was going on that that you know he is now suspended for ten games and clearly it started with that Twins game, and I believe there was another. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, AJ, there was another situation in his next start following that. There was. That he had yeah. that he got checked again. Yeah. Like yeah. you you don't get checked in three consecutive starts if there isn't something wrong there. Yeah. yeah. Which is where the outrage portion comes in. Because how on earth was he allowed twice to stay in the game before this umpire finally finally did something about it and was quoted as saying his hand was the stickiest he's ever felt. How yeah. in the world is it allowed for him to continue to stay in those two games and then to have this information come out and have him be suspended 10 games? As a Twins fan, I want to throw my fist into the wall because we ended up losing that game because of the dominant pitching performance by who? Domingo Herman. And that pitching performance is very much tainted. I, If I'm the Twins, I want that game now to be under protest. I am absolutely livid that two separate umpiring crews in two separate series, no less, allowed this to continue before somebody finally did something about it.
0: Yeah, um as a longtime uh hater of the Yankees i mean none of this anytime the Yankees are mixed up in anything like this nothing surprises me anymore i'm not the least bit surprised that he got busted again because like you said he got he got checked in that in that game against the twins uh he got checked in his subsequent start and now here we are again uh the third time um Okay, two things. One, I don't think 10 games is long enough for this. I think the penalty for sticky substance needs to be Well, okay, maybe 10 games for the first, you know, for your first offense, I suppose. Um although in the Max Scherzer situation, uh well, that's a whole other that's a whole other thing for a whole other time, but um one, I think the penalty should be stiffer for sticky substance if it's an actual sticky substance and not just rosin, like Max Scherzer was supposedly caught with. Uh, but two, Carson, I to me and I again, I could be biased. You know, Red Sox fan. I hate the Yankees. I've I've loathed the Yankees for pretty much my whole life. I could be biased here, but I think this throws in. I think this casts a shadow and throws into question. I think the entire Yankees pitching staff.
1: Yeah, I think. I, I mean, if know. one
0: if one guy is doing it, come on, you mean to tell me that Domingo Herman is the only pitcher on the Yankee staff that's that's doing this? Sorry, I don't buy it.
1: Yeah, I I get. I get your point and I see where you're coming from on that, but I personally don't know if I would go that far just yet. Um, I certainly have had questions myself about Garrett Cole in the past. um, And those questions are kind of being raised again. Um, But looking kind of at the numbers for the Yankees pitching staff, I mean, aside from Cole, everybody else has kind of been pretty bad so true. i would i would hope that your stats are a little better than what i'm kind of seeing here <laughs> if you're hoping to try if you
0: yeah yeah that's true um i'm glad you mentioned cole because oh boy yankees fans if have if they haven't already turned off this episode they're about to um which you know well the the aforementioned quote unquote you know, so to speak, good Yankees fans are still listening, because they're just as pissed about this as the rest of us. But I'm glad you mentioned Cole, because let's be honest, Garrett Cole, okay, yeah, he's, Garrett Cole is a good pitcher. But I feel like sometimes, not not every time, but sometimes, most of the time, he... Garrett Cole kind of pitches beyond his abilities and I don't know, man. I just ugh. call me cynical, whatever. But if, if one of your guys just got caught doing it, I think umpires and MLB need to take a long, hard look at Garrett Cole. I would be, I know the, I know the six, the sticky substance checks, I know they're supposed to be quote you know they're supposed to be random but if i'm umpire if i'm umpiring a if i'm the the you know the umpiring crew anytime garrett cole's out there i'm i'm checking that (laughs) i'm checking those hands every time he comes off the fields
1: i mean yeah i like i said a cold is the only one that i'm slightly skeptical of um you know, in terms in terms of his talent, I guess it's seemingly I'm a little bit higher on him than uh than my yeah, co-host here. Um yes, I still do yes, think are. he's I still do think he's probably one of the best pitchers in the American league right now. Um, yeah. um I mean we've we've kind of seen over the years um his his command and his um, his velocity. They haven't really, from what I've seen, taken a taken a huge dip. Um and i mean to you know 30, 32 isn't a spring chicken especially for a starting pitcher um sure. so i can't i can't discredit the the work that he's been putting up uh this season but yeah from from an overall perspective again like kind of looking at the kind of going going back to my my point about i hope the stats would be better um you know Nestor cortez's era right now sits at 5.53 Clark Schmidt mm. has a one in four record with a 6.3 ERA and 40 innings pitched. Yanni Brito has a 5.2 ERA in 36 and a third innings pitched like, you know, Cole and Cole and Herman to a lesser extent, even with Herman are the only ones that are really excelling right now in this rotation. And that's almost part of the, that's a big part of the, the Yankees problems right now. Yeah. In the starting rotation.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I guess I just, as somebody who lived through the summer of 98 and thought and watched as Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa engaged in this epic home run battle, uh, that we all thought, hallelujah, they've saved the game of baseball because, you know, they've saved baseball in the wake of the strike in '94. And I mean, I'm no, in no way am I comparing Garrett Cole to Mark Breyer or Sammy Sosa and what, you know, what they did. But I don't know. I, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, and I don't know. I, I don't think I just, and maybe it's my anti Yankees bias showing a little bit, but. You got, here's Domingo Herman, three, three starts in a row. I mean, he gets away with it the first time because the empire and crew had their heads stuck so far up their butts, uh, that they couldn't do their job. And instead they threw out, they tossed Rocco Belladelli bullshit. Second start gets away with it. Third start. They finally get him. You know, slap with the suspension, 10 games, fine, everything. I I just – I don't think he's the only one on that Yankee staff. I I would take a long, hard look at Derek Cole.
1: Hmm. I mean
0: – I don't know. I guess we're, we're – this is for all of you. This is for all of you who write in and say that we agree on everything because we clearly don't agree on this. But I don't know. I just – it it's something smells. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm getting at.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, again, maybe I'll be proven proven wrong down the line, but um could be. Again, right, I just right now we're just recklessly speculating.
0: About, yeah, exactly. But I mean you said that you said that you know Garrett Cole's 32. I just I just feel like maybe he's pitching a little bit better than your average 32 year olds and i'm not necessarily saying that's because he's up to funny business like his teammate but i'm not saying he's not up to funny business does that make sense
1: i think that makes sense you're kind of you're kind of in this point where you're kind of in a gray area like wait a minute something right. something seems a little bit seems a little bit off here
0: yeah exactly and again and no you know what it's not it's not just because it's the yankees i mean i would I would be i would be as fired up about this as if it were any team um uh, because even the even the hint of impropriety even the hint of cheating or any kind of you know even the hint of anything that that tarnish that that you know even the least does the least bit of damage to baseball's reputation carson Makes me mad as hell.
1: Yeah, I there. There's no disagreement there. Absolutely, anything that tarnishes tarnishes the game is is obviously bad for the game, and in right. a in a spot that the game is at now, where we need all the positive publicity we can get. Um, yeah. But I'll make one last point here with the whole Garrett Cole situation. If I could make a counter argument, um, for sure. example, you know, look at Justin Verlander. Last year, he mm. pitched as a 39-year-old, had a 1.75 ERA, 18 yeah. wins, with a whip of .829, both of those statistics, leading the the a, the American League, and he ended up winning at yeah. Cy Young, and we never called into question the fact that he was pitching like that at 39.
0: That is a fair point, yes. Um As a counterpoint to your counterpoint, Justin Verlander is a freak of nature. Um, and also there's never been, at least not that I can remember. I've never, I've never heard even the, even the tiniest whisper of, of Justin Verlander being mixed up in any kind of funny business ever. Where on the flip side, I've heard plenty of people say, look at Garrett Cole and go, hmm, something seems like, seems like something funny might be going on there.
1: Okay, counterpoint to your (laughs) counterpoint, my counterpoint, Um, you know, I think one thing that we're, that we have to look at too is the, the perspective of the fact that through, through Garrett Cole's pitching career before, before, 2018 everybody Hmm. just kind of looked at garrett cole as another pitcher on the pirates you know once he once he joined the the astros and the yankees is really when everybody kind of zoomed in the microscope on him because oh my goodness he's playing for the evil empires of the cheating astros and the yankees who everybody who isn't a yankees fan let's be honest here everybody loves to hate the yankees
0: Wait, wait wait, so was Cole on the Astros in 2017?
1: No, he was he came to the Astros in 2018.
0: Oh, okay. So the year after the the trash can scandal. Okay. Exactly. Uh All right, that's interesting. No, I mean I think there's definitely a va- there's definitely an argument to be made that the only reason Garrett Cole is getting this kind of attention, good or bad, is because he's pitching for the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees are the Yankees. They'll always be the Yankees. Um, I don't know. I just something stinks and I will. I'll just kind of wrap this thing up by saying this. I would I would not be the least bit surprised if, at some point, uh, at some point that Garrett Cole gets caught, uh, you know, in a similar situation as, as Domingo Herman.
1: Yeah, and you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me. It's it's very possible. Um, man, I feel Garrett Cole. If you're listening. We, I apologize. I did not, <laughs> I did not anticipate so much of this segment to be about you.
0: Uh, yeah. Well,
1: I was mad know. at Domingo Herman. I didn't have a word to say about Garrett Cole. Well, I
0: mean, I just, I just, I started thinking about it. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, I, I did. I kind of did the same thing you did. I looked at the Yankees pitching staff numbers, and I went, okay. Most of these guys are are pitching like crap, you know, which is well documented this year for the Yankees. And then I went, except for Cole and to a lesser extent, Dem- I mean, Domingo Homan hasn't exactly been lighting the world on fire, but him and Gerrit Cole, I looked at their numbers and I went, wait a minute. Like, why are these two guys pitching so much better than the rest of this pitching staff? That, I don't know. Again, could be my anti, you know, my, my bias against the Yankees, whatever. But, um, I have the f- oddest feeling, Carson, that this is not the last time this season we'll be talking about the Yankees pitching staff and sticky stuff.
1: I suppose we shall, uh, we shall have to play the wait and see <laughs> game on that one.
0: I mean, hopefully getting suspended for 10 games, Domingo Homan will be like, okay, I need to knock that shit off um maybe I'll tell you one thing and we are we'll move on because we do I do want to talk about the Blue Jays because they have issues of their own um but I'll say one I'll say one thing Domingo haman is damn lucky that the late George Steinbrenner is not still running this team because for all his faults and as much as he was you know Basically, Major League Baseball's version of Al Davis in a lot of ways. Steinbrenner would not put up with this nonsense.
1: Oh, my goodness. George would have been down in that clubhouse before Herman had even walked off the mound. I, yeah. I would have just... I would have just seen him coming and turned the other way. I don't know where, what direction I'm going to go into. I don't know if I'm about to hit a wall. All I know is I am not getting in Steinbrenner's way.
0: No. Uh, Hermond would have been DFA'd before he got back to the dugout. Um, anyways. Enough about the Yankees, even though this is episode 66, so I guess it's appropriate that we're talking about the evil empire. Um, Yeah, let's talk about the Jays, because they have issues of their own. Well, they've had issues all year, Carson, but this is a biggie. Um, Vlad Guerrero Jr. set to undergo an MRI after leaving one of these games against the Yankees with right knee discomfort. Uh, That is probably the worst possible news that Blue Jays could get at this point.
1: Anytime that the knee is involved, bells yeah. start going off like, uh oh, yeah. this is not good. Um, and obviously Vladimir Guerrero Jr. A key piece to this Blue Jays lineup. Um, boy, yeah. oh boy, has he been hitting like it so far this season. Um, second to the team and ho- second on the team in home runs behind, oddly enough, Bo Bichette uh, with seven, a 312 RBI, or RBI goodness batting average uh, 85 <laughs> on base percentage uh, 516 slugging 26 RBI um, yeah like like you had kind of said the the Blue Jays have kind of been they've been in a weird weird state this season so far kind of bouncing bouncing between uh, winning losing not really finding you know any real consistency as of yet Um in terms of gaining ground in the, in the AL East, the record is still fen- phenomenal 25 and 18. It's nothing to sniff at, but um, mm. having, having Vlad Guerrero go down potentially with something in his knee is uh, is pretty scary.
0: Yeah. And I think the other thing about this is with, with, uh, with the loss of Teosca Hernandez, there mm. has been even more pressure on Vlad jr. This year to deliver Um, which he has, um, yeah, I mean, the Blue Jays 25 and 18 right in the thick of things in that, in that absolutely freaking ridiculous AL East. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, maybe not time to, uh, I don't know. I was trying to think of the Toronto, the Toronto version of jumping off the Tobin bridge, but, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know i can't think of anything not time to panic quite yet but if this if this vlad jr thing turns out to be something serious and he misses any significant amount of time carson uh it is it is going to be anything but good times uh north of the border
1: yeah and toronto sports fans don't need this they just had the maple leafs get absolutely destroyed by the florida panthers Oh
0: uh, man, I wasn't even gonna bring that up.
1: I'm sorry, Maple Leafs fans. Uh, hey, you know what? You guys can take solace in the fact that you got out of the second round and now the Minnesota Wild have become the meme because we can't get out of the first round. So congratulations to you, but um yeah, this is just this is just more more upsetting news for uh for our fans, uh for Blue Jays fans north of the border.
0: Yeah, Toronto Sports fans, um Apologies, Leafs fans. I wasn't going to bring that up. My illustrious co-host decided to pour salt in that wound for you. Um, no, but seriously, yeah. If Vlad Junior misses any significant amount of time, uh, it is not going to be not going to be good. It's going to be really, really bad um, for the Blue Jays. Um, so, fingers crossed that it's not anything serious and that Vlad jr is okay. And, uh, because with a, with a healthy, a healthy blue Jays team, Carson is, is, and I know we talked about earlier in the year about their pitching being a bit of a question mark, but this team as constructed now, um, I mean, they're, this is a really good team. Uh, they could, they could really do some damage, uh, down the road
1: yeah absolutely and um i think i think the kevin kevin kiermeyer is one player in particular who's um i think been paying a lot of dividends uh for yeah for the blue jays in his first year in toronto um having a phenomenal year uh, in toronto oddly enough though as his as his uh as a long-time Ray exits, the Rays have really started to excel. But currently sits second on the team in war at 2.1 to Matt Chapman, who's at 2.5, who is also having another ridiculous year. Um, but it, yep. it's funny what happens when, when you end up leaving Oakland and play for a team who actually to win. <laughs> It's almost
0: like leaving Oakland is – is uh... <laughs> It's almost like leaving Oakland is a good thing. I don't I don't know. That's crazy talk. Um, all right, let's take a break because we I mean we just went off on this whole um Yankees Blue Jays thing. Let's take a break. Um we're gonna talk about of all things the Tigers, uh which I think is probably a first um for for us, maybe um we're going to talk about the Tigers specifically eduardo rodriguez um and then uh and then we're going to talk about the uh well we're going to kind of check in on the rule changes and see how see how that whole experiment is going uh we'll be back right after this looking for the coolest 3d printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs look no further than printer dudes Check them out at printerdudes.nc.com and use promo code Home Run. That's one word to save ten percent off. That's Printer Dudes. D-O-O-D-S. Hey everybody, welcome back. Um, so, Carson, you know, the whole thing is we're talking about the Detroit Tigers, which I, I don't. I mean, we've obviously talked about the Tigers before, but maybe not in such a, <laughs> maybe not in such a flattering light. And what about Regas? Yeah, 4-2 on the year, a 1.57 ERA, uh, a whip below one, a 0.794 whip. Uh, Far and away the best pitcher on the Tigers staff. I mean, just, I mean, you want to talk about light in the world on fire. Um, Pretty much the lone bright spot for a pretty mediocre Tigers team. But I look at this dude and I think, This is somebody because the tigers do have a lot of, they have a lot of prospects that are, you know, still sort of on the way Mm -hmm. I look at Eduardo Rodriguez and I think this is a dude that the tigers could build around. Maybe not for this year, but definitely, you know, moving forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. He's kind of come in and been pretty much exactly what, what this team needed it's um, yeah. kind of a kind of a spark to kind of to at least start off it's weird to think that this might be his his best season um as a as a pro and after struggling last year tremendously uh in his yeah. first season in Detroit he's kind of bounced back and is um is pitching unlike we had ever seen him pitch um as a member of the Boston Red Sox
0: Uh, I don't know. I mean, he was, okay, he was, he was pretty damn solid for the Red Sox. He was a, well, I mean, let's just look at his, his last, well, let's put it this way. He had a, he had a decent first year for the Red Sox in 2015. Yeah. Struggled a bit in, in 16 and 17, but 18, 13 and five. An ERA under four, which, you know, respectable, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, you know, a decent whip, but more importantly, a a really key piece, a big, big part of the of the Red Sox uh of the twenty eighteen uh, you know, World Series run. I mean, that team won hundred and eight games, like so I mean, um twenty nineteen he was nineteen and six with the Red Sox and then poof, off he goes to Detroit. Um. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I just feel like, you know, I, I kind of said it before. Kind of, he's kind of the, he's kind of the lone bright spot for the Tigers team. But Carson, this Tigers team has some, they have some prospects in the pipeline in the next, you know, two three years. Um they might be they might be you know not so great now but um this tiger's team the man i hate to use the phrase the future looks bright because it's so corny but the future looks pretty bright for the tigers
1: yeah and i this time i really hope so because it feels like we've been saying that for years
0: um, yeah that's fair uh,
1: about the tigers but but yeah um i mean there are there are certainly some there are absolutely some great prospects uh, coming down the pipeline, and I mean, let's not forget there are there are some guys that were just now kind of starting to see um, really kind of make their make their strides as well. And I mean, there are you know Joey Wentz is only 25; he'll be around yep. for quite a while still. Uh, Mason Englert, he's only 23, um, so they've got they've got a couple of young guys in that pitching staff. Um, as well as you know Riley Green, who has been long heralded as one of the best prospects in the Tigers organization and in baseball. Uh, yep. Spencer Torkelson, the yep. uh, one of the if not if not the number one draft pick um, a couple of just a few years ago. Uh, so the the Tigers absolutely have a great pipeline and have used the draft extremely well um, to be able to, As well as be able to, um, you know, in those instances where they've had tradable assets in years that they know that, you know, let's be honest, we're not going to be that good. They've been able to kind of use those assets and, and trade them out for something else. There's a bunch of guys who in these next two, three years will be mainstays of the Detroit Tigers, and that's a scary thought.
0: Yeah, Another one I want to draw attention to, another Tigers prospect, is uh, third baseman Colt Keith, who, oh, by the way, just hit for the cycle uh, in the minors. Um, I mean, I just – I think if you're the Tigers, if you – I mean, they've – if you keep this, uh, which hopefully they do, if you keep this young core together, uh, keep a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez on your pitching staff who seems to have – Uh, gotten you know sort of gotten back to form. Um, yeah, I know. Like you said, we've I feel like we've been talking about this for a few years now. That oh, the tigers, the tigers are on their way back. Um, no, I really think they're the tigers are on the upswing for real this time.
1: Yeah, and like like we've kind of talked about. I I genuinely I really hope so because this this poor team. This poor fan base has been through so much, and I mean, also, and also, you're not going to have the coping mechanism that is Miguel Cabrera before yeah. for very much longer. It's just the the sad reality of it. Um, so, you know, win for Miggy, Detroit. That's all I right. ask. I mean, I know it's
0: a long, and actually, just I mean, looking at the standing so far this sure year, the Tuck, you know, they're three games under 500 right now. They're 19 and 22, uh, you know, so kind of middle of the road. Um, I'm glad you brought up Miguel Cabrera. I know this is probably a pipe dream, and I know it's probably a hell of a lot to ask for, but please, I mean, I, I, I would absolutely love to see the Tigers be competitive again while Miguel Caprera is still there because who knows? He's probably, I mean, this year could be his last year for all we know. Um, I really hope the Tigers get back to being competitive and at least, at least give Miggy a shot, you know, one more shot to, uh, you know, to win a ring.
1: Yeah, I certainly hope so. I mean, he, he very much deserves it, but, yeah, I I don't know if they're gonna be competitive in time.
0: No, it's 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 a long shot. It's a it's a really long shot. Um, but I mean, he's to me, anyways. Miguel Cabrera is one of the best players of all time. to not win a championship. He's on that list.
1: A hundred percent. And if he's not on yours, I don't know what to tell you except <laughs> go watch some mean... Cabrera highlights
0: the dude's base, you know, he's, he's kind of the, he's kind of the Reggie Miller of, you know, major league baseball spends his entire career with one team. gets close a couple times, you know, they, they're in the, you know, um, you know, almost, almost gets there, but not quite. So hopefully the, I mean, again, it's a, it's a really, really long shot, but, uh, it would just be really cool to see the Tigers at least you know, okay, maybe not compete for a ring, but at least be competitive, um, and give and give Miggy, you know, one last chance at at least uh to play baseball in October.
1: Please let Miguel Cabrera play baseball in October, Detroit. Please. That's that's all I want. That's all I want out of you this season.
0: Yeah, don't uh don't don't pull an angels, um and have two of the best players on the planet not even get a chance to play in the playoffs uh anywho moving on well that won't be a problem for Shohei Otani after the trade deadline this year uh because he's gonna be playing for my Red Sox um anyways talk about pipe dreams uh (laughs) so we've talked about the rule changes you know ad nauseum I feel like at the beginning of the season obviously because so many but Carson uh so far so good for at least at least some of the at least some of the rule changes. Uh, we're about a quarter way through a quarter of the way through the season. Uh, the number of base runners is up um, to 10.52 base runners per game up from 9.58 last year. Stolen bases per game is up for about 20 24 25 of the 30 teams in in Major League Baseball. Those are encouraging numbers, and I don't know about you, but i'm I'm feeling pretty good uh, about the rule changes to this point.
1: yeah, I mean, you know, obviously more stolen bases is probably there's there's some some of that is attributed for sure to the um, to the bigger bases, obviously. Uh, right. but you know, overall, I think the rule changes have been been going well. Um, still don't know how I personally feel just as, you know, putting logic to the side about the pitch clock. Um, Mm. but you know, overall it seems to be doing what it was meant to do and speeding up the games. So I'm, I'm slowly warming up to it.
0: Yeah, I I definitely, I'm glad you mentioned the pitch clock. There are, well, I mean, clearly anytime a sport makes sort of sweeping rule changes like this, there are going to be hiccups. There's going to be problems definitely as, as encouraging as these numbers are, there are definitely still some cakes to work out, especially with the pitch clock.
1: Yeah. I mean, but again, you know, this is, this is still a work in progress. It's only year one. Um, We're not expecting everything to be perfect right away and nor should we. No.
0: No, I mean, adding a pitch clock to baseball was, you know, Kind of along the same lines as when they added the shot clock to basketball. <laughs> like, I mean, actually, wow, well, that's actually a really good, not to, you know, brag or anything, but that's actually a really good comparison. They added the shot clock to basketball and fundamentally changed the pace of the game. And baseball's done the same thing with the pitch clock.
1: Yeah, I guess I hadn't really thought of it like that, but. Yeah,
0: me neither until just now.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
0: Uh, wow. I surprise even myself sometimes. No, but seriously, that's, that's a, that's a pretty spot on comparison, but the pitch clock, I think, I, I think we would agree the pitch clock is the, is the biggest, uh, most impactful rule change that was made.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. When we, when we kind of look at the, uh, when we kind of look at the the three main ones no no doubt about it the the pitch clock has been the biggest was the one that we knew would have the most impact on the game
0: yeah for sure and it has and um boy that 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 pitch clock is going to be that is going to it's going to be an interesting october um with the pitch clock in place but hopefully hopefully carson hopefully by that point you know, teams will have had the entire regular season to adjust to that. Um, but I don't think we really see. I, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm kind of curious to see what you think about this. I, It seems to me that for the most part, teams have. Teams have done a pretty damn good job of adjusting to most of the rule changes. The one that they're still. Well, obviously the one that they're still getting used to is the pitch clock, but I would, I think by the end of this year, uh, I think at the beginning of next year is when we see the teams will sort of be, you know, fully acclimated to, to all these changes.
1: I would agree. Yeah. Usually these kind of rule changes take a little bit of adjusting to and slowly, but surely they're definitely, um, they're definitely getting more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Adequated to them, um, yeah. And you know, by by next year, this this whole controversy over them is going to be nothing more than a funny memory,
0: right? Um, I mean, I don't I don't know about you, but my expectations for the rule changes were. I was pretty much just hoping that they weren't going to be an absolute, you know, a complete failure. Um, so I mean, I think considering that. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what your expectations were for the rule changes.
1: I mean, my expectations were just, you know, let it see how, let it play out. Let it see what happens. Um, Let's, you know, just, I guess, try and be open to them. Pitch clock, absolutely Mm. hated. Um, And like I said, still don't know how I feel about it, but slowly, slowly warming up to it, I think so.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I I think the, I was pretty much, I mean, I was basically just hoping that these real changes weren't going to be, be a complete and utter failure and ruin and ruin baseball. So I guess on that score so far, so good, but um, yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on. Definitely something that we'll be talking about, uh, you know, we'll definitely be talking about this again between now and the end of the season. And, have the oddest I have the sneaky suspicion that we'll be talking about some sort of I, I mean I hope I'm wrong but some sort of pitch clock related controversy in the playoffs Um, but like I said I hope I'm wrong on that uh, all right let's play some by Yourself. Um so Shohei Otani has narrowly missed hitting for the cycle twice already this season uh, so Carson, buy or sell Shohei Otani hitting for the cycle more than once before the season's over.
1: I'm going to sell. It's it's hard enough to hit the cycle one time. It's even harder to repeat it in the same year. Mm. Shohei Otani is great, but this is something that is – this is an achievement meant for the gods. I'm going to sell.
0: So, do you think he gets one? Do you think he hits for the cycle once this year?
1: I I do think there's a very good chance that he will hit for the cycle once. I just don't think it's going to be more than once.
0: I'm actually going to buy this, and I think yeah, I mean I know, yeah, hitting for the cycle is hitting for the cycle is well, I mean, it's it's such a rare achievement for a reason because it's really freaking hard to do. But he's already he's already he's twice now. He's only missed it. I think the first time he missed it by a home run. And the second time I'm not sure what what you know what he missed it by. But he only missed it by one by one hit uh both times. Um I don't know, man. I think if anybody can do it multiple times in a season, it's it's this dude
1: and yeah there's no doubt about that in my mind it's just i just don't think that it's possible for any player to hit for the cycle more than, more once, than once in in a yeah. season yeah for it more than once in your career, career yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah that's true i mean i don't i would have to look it up but i don't even i'm pretty sure nobody's done it more than once in in the same season but uh i could be wrong um this so Bryce Harper uh got into a bit of a got into a bit of a scuffle with the Rockies the Rockies uh I guess the the Rockies pitcher struck him out and made some sort of gesture with his glove or something uh towards Bryce Harper Bryce Harper Bryce Harper took exception to that Carson basically charged at the Yankees dugout by himself was ready to take on the whole Rockies team by himself uh, so by herself, Bryce, Harper, Bryce Harper's reaction to the Rockies.
1: Um, I will buy this solely because of the fact that um, if that was more frustration than anything. Because if I was down four nothing to the Rockies, I'd be about ready to take it, take on the entire the entire clubhouse by myself. Um, plus, call call me whatever you whatever you want i love me a good bench clearing brawl i i love them absolutely they're so great they're they're probably one of my favorite things to watch um yeah and bryce harper has has given me plenty of them to watch in his career um so i I'll, Mm. i'll buy this for sure
0: yeah i'm buying this too uh i mean like you said frustration and you know what bryce harper was you know he sat out for the first however long of the season he's finally back in action I think we, I think we give him a free pass on this one.
1: Yeah. I am just fine giving Bryce Harper a free pass at least this time. Just yeah. Everybody keep, keep Jonathan Papelbon away from Bryce Harper. From, from <laughs>
0: uh, Jonathan Papelbon an endless, an endless supply of entertainment from that, from that man. Uh, and also one hell of a pitcher. Um all right, this one this one, I think we may split on, but we'll see. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, obviously one of the best pitchers of his generation in the conversation for one of the best pitchers of all time. Uh, but, Carson, buy or sell Clayton Kershaw as the best pitcher of his generation.
1: This is hard. I... Um this this may be harder than even my my illustrious co-host was predicting it might be for me because I am a I am a champion of Clayton Kershaw, there's no doubt about it. Um who am I kidding? This wasn't hard at all. I'm buying it a hundred percent, absolutely. Um I mean the consistency of which he has pitched since his rookie year. Back in two thousand, you know, his rookie year in two thousand eight. Sure, he had some struggles, but that was his rookie year. Ever since then, then AJ sent from two thousand and nine to two thousand twenty three. Obviously, it's the two thousand twenty three season still in progress. Mm-hmm. Only twice has his ERA ever gone above three. Twice. That is inc- an incredible, incredible. That is incredible reign of dominance you know he was an mvp winner as a pitcher it feels like that's not something that happens very often back-to-back cy young awards in 2013 and 2014 another one in 2011 he's a three-time three-time cy young winner an all-star from 2011 to 2017 consecutively has finished in the cy young voting in more years than i wish i could ever um i in mm-hmm. 9 years he's finished in the voting in the running for the Cy Young award led the league in ERA consistently from 2011 to 2014 need i say more bye 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 bye
0: well here we go ladies and gentlemen i am going to sell okay I'll just let that.
1: (laughs) I wish I could say I was surprised.
0: Uh, No, this is not an easy choice to make. There are so, there have been so many great pitchers this generation. Uh, Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, Kershaw, obviously, Chris Sale. I mean, there's been so many, so, so many of them. No, I am going with... Okay, so here's, let me offer you a little in, little insight into how I made this decision real quick. I considered both regular season and postseason, uh, you know, sort of resumes, and I looked at Clayton Kershaw and I went, okay, great regular season resume, but let's be honest, He's had some moments in the playoffs where he went from Kershaw to Kerplunk. So, and then I thought, okay, out of all these great pitchers of this generation, if I had one game to win, it's game seven of, you know, it's game seven of the World Series. I need I need one guy to go out there and win this game for me. Carson, I'm going with Justin Verlander. And yes, I hear you all going, "Oh, but he hadn't won a game in the World Series until last year." Blah 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 blah. Don't care. Justin Verlander uh with one with the exception of one sort of iffy season, and I think it was around 2014, uh and his injury and injury shortened year in 2015. Uh six-time All-Star, uh two-time Cy Young uh, no, I'm sorry, three times Cy young winner now. Um, 2011, 2019, and last year. Um, I mean, I, I just, yeah, I know he's, he's had his struggles in the World Series, but, um, he's largely pitched well in the, in the postseason, Carson. His postseason statistics, at 3.09 ERA. you know, okay, maybe not, uh, dazzling but solid, I mean really solid. Uh he has a career 0.99 whip in the po- in the postseason and this is my favorite start. In the postseason, Justin Verlander has an a 9.9 strikeouts per 9 innings in 166 postseason innings pitched. He gets it done in October.
1: Yeah, and Justin Verlander, there is certainly the argument to be made, um, but I would just like to make the point that in 2014, Clayton Kershaw eclipsed uh, Justin Verlander's Cy Youngs, and it took him till this past season to earn his third. If we're looking from, from an accolades perspective,
0: from accolades, yes. Um. Oh, by the way, a little more. A few more impressive accomplishments by just boy, I sound like the president of the Justin Farlander fan club. Um, but seriously, uh I mean he I mean the, the list of the list of accomplishments is so in 2019 he had a 0.80 whip, which is just freaking ridiculous. That is the fifth lowest mark in MLB history. Carson, would you like to hazard a guess? at the four pitchers in major league, major league baseball history, the only four pitchers who had a lower WHIP than that.
1: Oh boy. Um, this, this feels like a trivia
0: question, but no, this is, this is tough.
1: Oh goodness. I don't even want to know if I, cause I might make myself look really bad here. So I'm okay. Nervous. So
0: the, the only four pitchers, in Major League Baseball history, with a single-season WHIP lower than Justin Verlander's .80 WHIP in 2019, Pedro Martinez, mm. who had a .74 WHIP in the in 2000, uh, Guy Hecker, who I've never even heard of, uh, had a .77 WHIP in 1882. Walter Johnson, a .78 in 1913, and Tim Keefe, a 0. 8-0. So I guess technically he tied Verlander in 1880.
1: Those are some, those are, that's some pretty good company to keep for sure. That's some
0: pretty rare company. Yeah. So anyways, long story short, sorry, Clayton, but Verlander, Justin Verlander is my best pitcher of this
1: generation. And, again, you can certainly – there. that's the great thing about this pitching crop is there are so many guys who, yeah. who could fit into this category.
0: Um, and here come all the anchor emails from Dodgers fans. Uh, all right, last but not least to buy or sell. Uh, the Cardinals. The Cardinals have turned things around a little bit. Won eight of their last ten games. So, Carson, buy or sell. The Cardinals are back on track.
1: Boy, my World Series pick sure hopes so. Um, but in in all seriousness, I mean, I don't know where this came from. Um, but please, please continue it, Cardinals. Um, so, I mean, I feel like I have no choice but to buy this, don't I?
0: Well, yeah, because you threw your lot in with the Cardinals to win the World Series. So uh, you kind of painted yourself into a corner in that aspect. Uh, no, as much as I would like to buy this, um, because as much as I want to see the Cardinals do well, as much as I want to see Adam Wainwright get another crack at the, at the playoffs and then maybe a crack at another ring. Now I'm selling this, but only, only for now. Um, I know eight, you know, eight and two in their last 10 is a good sample size, but I need to see. I need to see this. I need to see a little more out of the Cardinals, Carson. I need to see them sustain this for a little bit longer.
1: Certainly a fair point. Um, you know, going eight and two in your last ten is great, but let's let's see the. You know, you know, we need to consistently see it from you now. Um,
0: yeah, let's see. Let's see where they are at the All Star break.
1: Yeah, I think that's. I mean, the All Star break is usually a pretty good measuring stick um you're able to kind of see where your where your team is at and and what you need to do moving forward
0: yeah i know it's kind of the unofficial halfway point of the season even though it's more than that but uh all right let's take one last break when we come back we're gonna dive into the mailbag talk about our must watch games and uh and put a cherry on this thing looking for the coolest 3d printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs look no further than printer dudes Check them out at printerdudes.nc.com and use promo code home run that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Hey everybody, welcome back into our third and final segment after a spirited game of Fire Cell. Uh, it's time for the mailbag, so we'll just dive right in. Kara uh, from Rhode Island, Carson wants to know, what's the... we were just talking about this. What's the best... Bench clearing ball brawl you've seen.
1: That's hard. There, there it have is. been some, there have been some good ones that. Yeah. Now, now for for me personally, I'm going to throw out any that I have only watched on YouTube, but was not alive. In order <laughs> to them. Um, so yes. Um, but I'm I'm going to go ahead and go with for me. The, there was only one answer that came in my head right away. Jose Bautista versus Runetto. Nice. Goodness. Talk talk about talk about not only not only was the bench clearing brawl fantastic with how quickly everybody had to go out there, but that thing was like a hockey fight. Those dudes were throwing some haymakers. Yeah. You know, again, call me whatever you want. That was very captivating television.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Joey Bath. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I actually I wasn't able to narrow well, okay. I was I was kind of able to narrow it down to one. Uh and well first, an honorable mention was last year's brawl between the Angels and the Mariners. Uh that seemed to spark the Mariners and and sparked them on, you know, a winning streak that saw them uh, you know. Go to the playoffs in the first time in in a long time and and you know uh, go up to Toronto and and beat a really good Blue Jays team in a in a three game series and send the Angels in the complete opposite direction. That's my honorable mention. Um, other ones I thought of, I thought of the Joe Kelly uh, Red Sox Yankees brawl. Um, I again one I wasn't alive for clearly, but uh, Thurman Munson and Carlton Fisk, you want to talk about a hockey fight at home plate, uh, you know, back in the 70s. But the one I settled on was 2004. Uh, the Yankees and Red Sox. Surprise, surprise. Uh, it was a it was a game in July. It was post All-Star break. Um, everyone knows when once I start talking about, you all know what I'm talking about. Uh, Bronson Arroyo of the Red Sox. Well, let's just say he uh, he threw he threw a little bit inside uh, to Alex Rodriguez because I mean Alex Rodriguez is a dude who lunges out over the plate and hits a ball 500 feet away. Um, so Arroyo pitched inside, hit a rod, a rod for Arroyo, Jason Verotek headwards for a rod, and what ensued was the best bench-clearing brawl I've ever seen. Um, I was lucky enough to be at that game. I couldn't speak the next day from yelling and screaming so much. Uh, Not only did the Red Sox win the brawl because Arod got his ass kicked by Veritek, the Red Sox rallied from a huge deficit, won the game, and that, that, for me, was the turning point of that 2004 Red Sox season. That was the point where you looked at that Red Sox team and you went, something's different about this team this year. This isn't. Like every other year, where the Yankees are gonna, you know, we're gonna lose to the Yankees, um, and the Yankees are just gonna steamroll us. Um, so yeah, mine is the two thousand four Veritech A Rod Brawl,
1: a legendary brawl to be sure. I mean, yeah. my goodness, you want to talk? You want to talk about a true, not only rivalry, but, but yeah. just a true flat out brawl. Whew. I can't even imagine being at that game. That would have been insane. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, like I said, I, I basically, I pretty, I no, I, I didn't. Almost lose my voice. I did lose my voice. Uh, I couldn't talk the next day. Uh, totally worth though. Um, A Rod's reaction to Arroyo. Arroyo basically telling. <laughs> Arroyo basically telling Arod to go fuck himself. Uh, Veritek getting in between them and telling A-Rod to get his ass to first base. Uh, yeah, just, just all-around classic. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the best one I've seen. Um, all right, Eddie from Louisiana, Carson, would like to know, what's your all-time favorite player or manager quote?
1: This one was hard. I mean, honestly, I had to do a little bit of research here because I was like, you know, there haven't been a whole lot of quotes for me that have kind of stuck out in my memory, but, um, you know, oddly oddly enough, I come back to somebody who it seems like, you know, when I was doing research, there was an article of his 50 best, um, and that is Yogi Berra. Baseball is 90% mental, and the other half is physical. <laughs>
0: i mean talk about a gold mine of memorable quotes uh the late great yogi vera yeah um yeah for sure um mine's a little different uh i've i have mentioned this person on our show multiple times as one of my all-time favorite players and now one of my all-time favorite media personalities uh i'm going with kevin millar who famously said as the, as the Reds, as the 2004 Red Sox were down three games to the end the Yankees and Mr. One, Mr. Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston globe decided to call them out as the biggest bunch of frauds in baseball history. Uh, Kevin Millar responded by telling Mr. Shaughnessy to his face. Don't let us win tonight. Um, I mean, that, that says it all. He's basically, you know, Hey, I know we're down and it looks like we're out. Don't let us win tonight. Don't let us win this game. And, uh, Carson, his words proved to be prophetic because not only did the Red Sox win game four, they went on to win the series.
1: Kevin Millar is Nostradamus apparently.
0: apparently.
1: Who, who knew? I mean, <laughs> I mean, who knew that his best quote didn't even come on intentional talk?
0: No, no, it didn't. Although he's had some great ones on there, but, um, yeah, don't let us win tonight. And well, the rest is history Boy, we're really dumping on Yankees fans in this episode. It's okay. You guys, you know, your favorite team is just the only team to lose a seven game series after we, after leading three, nothing in a hundred and whatever years of baseball history. No big deal. Uh, but you guys, you know, keep keep comforting yourselves with the 27 rings thing. That that seems to work. Um, anyways. Uh, <laughs> last but not least out of the mailbag, Richie in Idaho. Uh, Carson wants to know which first place team do you think has
1: the best chance of staying there? It's a good question. There are Wait, these these questions have been really good this week. Um, because our be fans gonna, are awesome. I mean, yes. Um, but <laughs> I mean, breaking news: the sky is blue, and Carson is going to pick the Dodgers as the first place team that has the best chance no, of staying. What there. a
0: surprise!
1: Um, I just, Ugh. you know, the, I mean, the the Rays, I think, are a very very like it's one A, one B for me. Um, the, the Rays could, could also be in that, in that category, but I mean, Mm. this, this division has been Dodgers territory for many, many years, and I don't see that changing anytime soon.
0: So disappointing. Um, spoiler alert, everybody, the Dodgers and the Rays, neither one of them will finish the season in first place in their respective divisions. Um, The Arizona Diamondbacks are going to win the NL West. Uh, See my aforementioned comments about the Diamondbacks and how I am not only on the Diamondbacks bandwagon, I'm driving the Diamondbacks bandwagon. Uh, No, the team that has the best chance, the team in first place currently, that has the best chance of remaining in first place and will finish first place at the end of the season, Carson, are the Texas Rangers.
1: Whoa. I did not see you going there. Wow. Okay. Um I don't know. The the Astros are kind of right on their heels right now at a at a time where they're kind of where they're kind of stumbling a little bit. So that's gonna be interesting.
0: It it is going to be interesting. Uh but I am I'm a big fan of the Rangers. I'm a big they've The Rangers have been, I think, I mean, we've we've pretty much, you know, we've talked about it quite a bit. The Rangers have surprised a lot of people, uh, us included, of how quickly they sort of went through their rebuild and how good they've been this year. Um, I just, and we've also talked about an ad nauseum, you know, we don't really need, we don't need to go in it all over again, but we've said it before, Carson, this Astros team is not the same Astros team that they have been for the last, you know, Few years, and I just—I don't know. I—I, I, yeah. I—I I, I think the Rangers. I think you're going to see the. Uh, I, I mean, I had hoped it was going to be my Seattle Mariners, but. Well, I mean, there's still time for them to turn things around, but they haven't quite figured things out yet. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I, the, the. The deep in the heart attack, things are, things are brewing and big things are brewing and deep in the heart of Texas. And I think the Rangers snatched that AOS crown from the Astros.
1: From the, from the, from the trash Um
0: The trash Trastros. Yes. Thank you.
1: Yeah. But I don't know. I still, I still have a hard time, you know, no, no disrespect Rangers, but i i don't know i still think the the astros are heating up at just the right time so this will be very Mm. interesting
0: that's gonna be well one thing is for sure that's gonna be that's that's shaping up to be quite the race uh as we get into the you know the latter parts of the of the season um i think another first place team we have to look at that has a great chance of staying there is the atlanta braves uh, starting to pad their lead a little bit in the NL East, four and a half games up on the Marlins. The Mets are still – although the Marlins have won seven out of their last ten games too, so maybe too early to declare the demise of the Marlins, but the rest of that division is a mess.
1: Yeah, yikes um, is is all I have to respond to that division. <laughs>
0: The National League least everybody, um, hey, you know, I guess there has to be one stinker of a division every year, uh, and this year so far it's the it's the it's the National League least. Uh, all right, everybody, thanks for sending in your mailbag questions. As always, keep those coming to eighth Uh Real quick, Carson, let's talk about some must-watch games. Um, Over the weekend, we've got the Diamondbacks and the Pirates. Never thought I would say that. Uh, Brewers and Rays, clash of a couple first-place teams there. Orioles, Blue Jays, obviously uh, a good old-fashioned AL East rivalry. Um, But I really like Dodgers and Cardinals because we were just talking about the Cardinals and are they back on track? Have they figured things out? This, this this, series against the Cardinals, against the Dodgers, this is a biggie for the—I mean, it's a biggie for the Dodgers, but this is huge. This is colossal, massive for the Cardinals. This is a test. You know, I said I wanted to see more out of them to see whether they had really figured things out. This is a test for them to see if they really have figured things out to face the Dodgers.
1: Yeah, it'll certainly be uh, very interesting. Um, speaking of interesting, AJ, um, mm. we've got a couple of good, we've got a couple of potential great matchups for uh, the Tankathon series this week. Um, yes, we but, do. You know, I've I've kind of barreled on White Sox and Royals fans lately. Um, you know, <laughs> m- you know, you guys are AL Central rivals, uh, but you know, I yes. got I got to take a break from from bashing on you too much. So I'll instead move over to another AL Central rival um, (laughs) who we were actually praising one of their, one of their players earlier in the episode. If, if he's not involved in this series, boy, it could get ugly very quickly as the Detroit Tigers will be heading to the nation nation's capital to take on the Washington nationals. So if you want to watch some bad baseball, except for the potential um, Eduardo Rodriguez, Uh, Start, which it doesn't look like he will be, so bad baseball it is. Go watch that. Mm.
0: That is some bad baseball. Tigers, Nats. God, it seems like a lifetime ago that the Nationals won the World Series, even though it was only a few years ago. A
1: lifetime ago, this series would be good.
0: That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Yeah, that is is a bad series. Uh, one last thing i really don't have anything specific this time out um just that you know here we are at roughly the quarter the one quarter mark of the season um some teams we thought would be really good are 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 not so good sometimes we some teams we thought would be really bad are are playing really well timing <coughs> backs um but I say you know hey that's that's the way it goes. That's the way the cookie gumbles or the ball bounces, or you know, whatever your um, whatever your turn of favorite turn of phrase is, I guess. Um, but we're 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 getting there. We're at the quarter way of the season. All star break. You know, only a couple months away. And uh, just buckle up and and let's enjoy this. Let's enjoy the ride
1: yeah well said. Um, as far as my as far as my one last thing, I mean honestly I don't really have uh, have too much for for you guys this week um, but I, I want to try and try and do something a little bit different for for my one last things um, and mm-hmm. try and you know try and try and do something that'll also involve you guys um, and what I'm what I'm gonna try and call it is uh, player positivity um uh, for for my one last things i want to want to highlight a player that uh, maybe the the mainstream media or maybe even uh, us ourselves aren't talking about who is either doing doing something really well on the diamond or off the diamond um and i want to have i want to hear your guys' suggestions um i know i've got a couple players in mind to kind of keep me busy for uh, for the next little while, but um send in your your suggestions on Twitter, send them to to our email. Um, I wanna hear from you guys and make make the show a little bit more uh, interactive in hopefully this way.
0: I like it. Good stuff, man. Um, so do you have one for us uh, this time?
1: I'm gonna go ahead and start it off with a bang. Um, Mr. Joey Gallo, please step forward. Uh, my, <laughs> goodness talk about a guy who was down on his luck last year getting just beaten up by I feel like I'm piling on a lot a lot on this city today but New York um <laughs> Yankees fans the Yankees media he was just getting beaten up and you know he goes to goes to the Dodgers and you know plays a little bit better but not by much and all of a sudden he comes to the Twins and He's he's already hit 10 runs in in 34 games. He's hitting his best batting average since 2021. I mean, it's it's incredible to to watch kind of the turnaround he's had and you know, good for good for Joey Gallo honestly cuz he's only 29. So he can still he could still play for sure in the league for for a long time. So well done to you Mr. Joey Gallo.
0: Yeah, big shout out to Joey Gallo. Um yeah, he really went through the ringer last year. Um yeah. Yankees fans, well they're not the um they're not the most uh oh god. Yankees fans are a tough crowd, let's put it that way. Um and so is that New York sports media. So yeah, Joey Gallo definitely went through the ringer last year, so it's um he's always you know yeah he's always kind of been one of my favorites so it's really cool to see him doing well um you know he's always kind of been a you know always seemed like a pretty stand-up guy and a you know and works hard every day at the ballpark so yeah yeah that's really cool to see Joey Gallo doing well um yeah I like this I like this player spotlight thing yeah so everybody make sure you send us uh get us your suggestions for players you'd like to see featured. um of course, you can email us. Like I said, at Uh, Drop us a DM on Twitter at Pod. Don't forget to uh, follow us, of course, and turn on notifications so you make sure you get the latest from us. Um, and as always, for being a thank you for being a fan of the show, uh, don't forget to check out our sponsors over at Printer Dudes. Um, you can use promo code Home Run. That's one word. Uh, at printerdudes.ensie.com and save 10% off your order. Um, they've got you covered for all your 3D-printed collectible and toy needs. Um, and that uh, that's pretty much all we got this time out, uh, my friend.
1: Yes, indeed. So long, everybody. Yankees fans, I promise I'll try and say some more nice <laughs> things about you in the next episode. Um, Domingo, De- Domingo Herman just got the best of me.
0: Yes, and Garrett Cole got the best of me. Um, No, all kidding aside, everybody have an awesome weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you guys on Monday.